0: welcome to the rscc podcast we're so thankful that you're joining us today here at rising sun church of christ we exist to know love and serve jesus if you would like to receive more information about rscc we would love to hear from you through our social medias at rscc family or through email at info at rsccfamily.org thanks for tuning in to the rscc podcast and we hope the message blesses you today Well, good morning, church family. How are we doing today? Good. Well, we made it. Made it through the snow, made it through the cold. If we have never met before, my name is Adam, and like Shane said, I serve as a youth minister here at RSCC, and I am so thankful that you're here with us today. Last week, Shane kicked off this Exodus series. As for the month of January and the first week of February, we are going to walk through the book of Exodus together and follow along the journey that God leads the Israelites And last week, as we kicked off this series, Shane led us through the first couple books of Exodus. And before we jump into Exodus chapter 3 and 4, if you want to flip there, uh, that's where we'll be today, chapter 3 and the beginning of 4. But before we jump into that, I want to catch you up on where we were at last week. So Shane led us through the moments in which Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was looking out and seeing this group of Israelites, the Hebrews getting stronger and larger in size, and he was afraid that, you know, they were going to overthrow him. So what he did was he enslaved them, and we read through the moments in which the Pharaoh enslaved the Israelites and put out a decree that if any baby boy was born, he should be killed. He was so afraid that they would rise up and grow up and overthrow him that he put out this decree, and we looked at those who remained faithful to the Lord and didn't follow that decree. And as we, you look through chapter 2 of Exodus, you'll see a baby that was born and put in a basket and set on the Nile River to be found by Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter takes this baby in and names him Moses. And Moses grows up in the Egyptian household as the grandson to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's daughter brings him in and he grows up around the Egyptians. Then it says, many years later, after Moses had grown up, one day, Moses goes out, and he's looking at the situation of how the Israelites were being treated by the Egyptians, and he becomes angry, and in a moment of rage, he actually kills a slave driver that was beating a Hebrew man. He kills him, and the word spreads, and people begin to find out, and Pharaoh finds out what Moses has done, and he then goes on to try to kill him. So Moses obviously starts to flee. He runs away from Egypt and now he's a refugee running to a land called Midian. And in Midian, he meets this family around a well and through that process gets welcomed into this family and is given a wife from that family and he has kids and he begins to build this life in Midian. And meanwhile, back in Egypt, the Egyptians are still oppressing the Israelites. And that's where we're going to pick up Today, Moses is a Midian building this life with his, family, his new family and back in Egypt, the Egyptians are still oppressing the Israelites. So as we go to scripture together in Exodus chapter 3, let's first go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today, the gift of breath in our lungs that we can just be here to dive into your word. And God, we are so thankful that you've spoken to us in your word. God, we trust you this morning, and as we receive your words, God, we pray that they would land on our hearts and transform our lives. God, we trust you this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Exodus 3, starting in verse 1, says this, one day, (coughs) one day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, <coughs> excuse me, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement. Though this bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am. Moses replied, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. So this right here, this passage is obviously the burning bush moment. It's one of those Bible stories that you likely learned when you were young or at the beginning of your faith walk. It's a core moment of the Old Testament. And it's an amazing moment, right? God appears to Moses in this burning bush and he gives him a calling. And as we look at this moment between Moses and God this morning, we are going to talk a lot about calling And calling is a term that's thrown around in Christian circles a lot. So as we dive into this today, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page and define calling. And we are going to define calling as a divine assignment from the Lord. A divine assignment from the Lord. So the burning bush moment is a calling moment for Moses when the Lord gives him a divine assignment. And we're going to take a look at what that was here in just a moment. But as we do, I want to invite you to something. I want to invite you today to think about what God may be calling you to in your life. Because today, if nothing else, I want you to walk out of this place knowing that God has a divine purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life and he desires for you to lean into his presence and to live for his kingdom each and every day. So let's take a look at what the calling was that God delivers to Moses. Verse 9, God says, Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh, and you must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. So now, this is not just a a miraculous moment where God appears to Moses in a burning bush, but now in this encounter, God has a mission for Moses. He gives him a calling. And what God says in this verse should also remind us that his faithfulness, God's faithfulness, remains forever. God didn't forget about his people who were suffering. He didn't ignore what they were going through in Egypt. He was faithful to show up and rescue them from that oppression. And sometimes I think we just need that reminder that God's faithfulness remains. Because maybe you've been in a challenging season of life recently. Maybe you're coming out of one or maybe you see one on the horizon. But I know when we are in those seasons of of challenging times, it can be hard to remember that God's faithfulness remains. So let's just be reminded today that his faithfulness remains. He sees you, he hears your prayers, and he will be faithful to deliver you through whatever challenges you may face. It may not be in the timing that you had hoped for or the way that you would have preferred, but he will remain faithful. And in this instance, God's deliverance begins to come when Moses is in a foreign land out in the wilderness, simply shepherding over a flock of livestock. And then, through a burning bush in that wilderness, the God of the universe, the God of his father, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob meets Moses there. And I can't help but imagine what Moses was feeling in that moment. Because he was just minding his own business, watching over his flock, and then all of a sudden he sees this bush over there, and he's like, well, that bush doesn't look like a normal burning bush. What in the heck is going on over there? And as he gets closer, the all that was filling up with him, in him about the bush begins to rise even more because he realizes that he's standing in the presence of Yahweh. Yahweh is speaking to him, and I'm sure there were all of these emotions swelling up in his heart of thankfulness, of worship, of a holy fear of the Lord. And then God says to Moses, and this is this is the park's paraphrase, of course. He says, "Moses, I have a mission for you. Moses, I need you to do something for me. I need you to go to Egypt. I need you to go to Pharaoh, and you are going to lead my people Israel out of Egypt." And I imagine I imagine after hearing this, Moses' heart sank a little bit. And his thoughts began to race. God, don't you remember why I left there in the first place? Like, they wanted to kill me. God, are you sure that I can walk into Israel, let alone to Pharaoh, and walk out alive? God, I don't think I'm safe there. I don't know that I can go there. God, are you sure? And the doubts and the fears begin to rise. And it shows in Moses' response. So let's keep reading in Exodus 3 and look at how Moses responds to this calling. But Moses protested with God. Who am I to, to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? God, who am I to receive this calling? Don't you know who I am? Don't you remember what I've done? Surely I can't be the one who's best fit for this. Surely I'm not the one that you think is worthy of this calling. And I think Moses' response here is one that you might be able to relate to. Because I know in my life, and I'm sure in your life, there's been moments where the, you feel the Holy Spirit leading you and you feel the Lord tugging on your heart to reach out to that old friend, to send an encouraging message to them, to serve that person in a specific way, to share the gospel with the stranger that you just met. And in those moments where you feel the Lord tugging you towards something, a little voice inside your head starts whispering things like, if you do that, nobody's going to notice. You know, if you share that with them, it's probably not going to make a difference. If you share that with them, why why would they even listen to you? You know who you are. Why would they listen to you? And we begin to believe the lies from the enemy that make us think that our own shortcomings equate to God can't work through me. And that's essentially what Moses was saying to God. God, who am I? Surely it cannot be me that's going to do this. And watch God's response to Moses' doubts. God answered, Moses, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought the people of Egypt, people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So when Moses doubted God's calling on his life, God reminded him of two very important things. One, Moses, I will be with you. Two, I am the one who sent you. You see, the the mistake Moses made was that, that he thought his calling was dependent on him. He felt that he didn't measure up to the level of what God wanted to do. He saw himself as underqualified, undeserving, and undesirable. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you need to get some things in line in your life and then God can use you? Have you ever felt undeserving of his provision and guidance? Have you ever felt God tug on your heart only to dismiss it with, he'll send somebody better? He'll send someone else. Man, if you have ever thought that what God wanted to do through your life is too big for you to handle, I want you to write those two promises down. I will be with you, and I'm the one who sent you. Because if God has truly called you to something, if he has truly given given you a divine assignment, man, we should walk into that with confidence and with urgency, Because if God is with you, if he is the one who prepares the path before you, if he is the one who walks beside you as you go and the one who follows behind and protects you, whom shall you fear? If God has truly called you to something and he is the one who works all things out, who can stand against him? He is the one preparing the place that you're heading. He is the one sustaining you and providing for you along the way. It's not about you and what you bring to the table. It's about him and what he is preparing for you and enabling you to do. And I need you to see that what was true for Moses is true in your life. And that's God does not need you to be fully equipped he just needs your full obedience. You see, when God gives you a divine assignment, he doesn't need you to then determine if you are equipped enough to accept the calling. No, when you receive it, a calling from the Lord, he needs nothing but your obedience. When the God of the universe calls you by name for a specific purpose, he does not need you to then take inventory of your life and then determine whether or not you're ready. You know, we don't need a mindset of, oh, well, once I get my savings to a certain level, then I can take that leap of faith. Or God, you know, I think I'll get there eventually, but, you know, I need to grow my relational abilities first. I'm not a great people person. Maybe once I become one, then you can do that in my life. Or God, you know, I know that you're calling me to that, and I'll definitely accept it. But before I do, I need to deal with this fear and anxiety that it's swelled up within me. God does not need your perfection or for you to be fully equipped in the ways that you think you need to be. He just needs your obedience. Let me show you. In Exodus chapter four, Moses continues to protest to God and God continues to instruct Moses in what he's to do. He gives him miraculous signs to show to those in Egypt that God was truly the one that sent him. So now he's told Moses, Moses, I'll be with you. And Moses, I'm the one who has sent you. And he gives him three miraculous signs to show to those he's going to, to prove in physical form that God is the one who sent him. And after all of those things, this was Moses' response. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not not very good with words. I never have been. And I'm not now, even though you've spoken to me. I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Moses continued to see what was wrong about himself instead of seeing what God had placed right in front of him. And God started at this point to get a little angry with Moses' relentless attempts to convince him that surely there was someone better for this calling. And God responds in the next verse. Then the Lord asks Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Moses continued to respond to God's call with doubt. And I want to submit to you why I believe Moses continued to respond in this way. I believe Moses responded in this way because he was responding with a heart of ambition rather than a heart of obedience, And let me explain what I mean by that, because this is really important for us to understand as you receive the calling of God on your life. So if we are functioning out of a heart of ambition, we tend to see ourselves as the ones who are in control. An ambitious heart talks like, if I can just meet these goals, put in this much work, and earn my way there, then I will be successful. Ambition's confidence is found in your own capabilities. But a heart of obedience, a heart of obedience recognizes that we are never the ones in control and we don't want to be. An obedient heart talks like, if God's not in it, there's no chance this happens. I won't take a step unless the Lord determines it. Obedience's confidence is in your calling, in the one who's called you. Ambition's obsession is the accomplishments, while obedience's obsession is his presence. Ambition may lead to outward success, but obedience leads to lasting fulfillment. And when you think about God's calling in your life and all the things that He wants to do through you, I cannot stress enough how vital it is to live with a heart of obedience rather than a heart of ambition. The calling that God has on your life is far too important for you to convince yourself that it all rests on your shoulders. There's far too much on the line for your own ambition to be the driving force behind everything you do. Isn't that the gospel? We don't measure up so Jesus had to pay the price. Our sin wasn't something we could forgive on our own so Jesus had to offer us forgiveness. When we live in obedience the anointing of heaven rests on us we don't focus on what we bring to the table but on the one who's made a place for us at the table we focus on the Lord and him alone he deserves all of the glory he deserves all of the honor and he is the one in control he's the one who said in Jeremiah 1 5 I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God has uniquely crafted you to live in this specific time in history for a specific purpose that He has appointed for you long before you were ever born. He knows that you will fall short, He knows that you're broken. But He's been using broken people to fulfill His perfect plan for the entirety of humanity. So trust him, submit to him, and walk confidently into his calling over your life. It may be intimidating. You may have doubts and fears rise up along the way. But I know for me, and I'm sure for you, I much rather do what God leads me to, afraid, than be comfortable ignoring his calling over my life. He doesn't need our perfection. He doesn't need you to understand why he's taking you where he is or how you're gonna get there or all the intricate details of each step along the way. He just needs your complete obedience and trust in him. So I hope hope that helps set a foundation for how you view God's calling, his divine assignment over your life. Knowing that he has a plan for you and even in the midst of our shortcomings, even in the midst of your imperfections, he has chosen you for such a time as this. And now, now we get to the fun part. And this whole, this whole thing is fun for me, but this is the, the fun part we get to get to. We set the context for the calling of God on your life. So how do we answer the question, what is the calling of God on my life? What is... He calling me to what divine assignment from heaven is God entrusting to me what is he specifically anointed and chosen you for what ministry is he leading you to what business venture does he need you to start for his glory what person is he leading you to what place is he calling you to go who is he calling you to be and maybe in your life you already know what that is for you Maybe God gave you that calling years ago and you've been faithfully pursuing him in that. And if that's you, I just want to thank you for being obedient to his call on your life. I want to celebrate that with you because I know that God is just smiling down on you and so grateful that you were obedient when he called. But I also know that in a room this size, there's probably some of you who feel like you're still waiting to find the answer to that question. Of what is God calling me to? And for you, and the answer to that question, and I know it's anticlimactic, but that answer isn't what I have for you today. Because that doesn't come from me. We only find the answer to that question from our Heavenly Father. It only comes through being in the secret place with Him. It only comes through going to the One who knew you far before you were ever born. So I'm not gonna answer that question for you because I'm not the caller. But I can confidently say this. If you feel like you are still waiting for an answer to what is God's calling in my life, I can say this to you. The Lord does have a calling in your life. And if you desire to receive it, go to him and ask for his guidance and his provision. And when you do receive that calling, give him your full obedience, trusting him each and every step. Will you need patience as you await for that calling to be revealed? Possibly. Will it be scary? Probably. And will there be moments where it seems like you're stuck between a pursuing army and a sea in front of you? Most definitely. And will there be times when you stray away from God and he calls you back? Yes. But when you are walking in a divine assignment from the Lord, watch how he will calm every fear. Watch how he will split the sea so you can walk right through it. Watch when you stray away how he calls you back to his presence. I bet you he will. He is able and faithful to do just that. He always has been and he always will be. And one more thing. I want to leave us with today and this is really good news for all of us so this whole time this morning we've been talking about the specific calling of God in Moses' life and in your life and that's the one that is for you and nobody else it's an assignment that God entrusts you with but I do have one more thing that's really important for you to know before we walk out of these doors today because if you are a follower of Jesus I do actually want to give you one calling that is for you before we walk out of these doors. There's a calling that is over every single believer in Jesus and it should be something we live into and are obedient in each and every day. And here it is, straight from the mouth of Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Teach these new disciples to obey all of the commands I have given you. And be sure of this I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, the good news is this even if you are in the midst of waiting for a specific call from God, you have been commissioned by God to make disciples. We have the responsibility as the church to share the hope of Jesus with the people in our lives. We have the calling to make disciples of all nations starting with our neighbor and draw those who are far from Jesus to his feet and say, this is what it means to follow Jesus. These are the teachings he's given us and this is why he's transformed my life. And we invite others in. And in Exodus... God told Moses, now go. Go lead my people out of Egypt. And when Moses became worried, God reminded him, Moses, as you go, I will be with you. And today, Jesus is saying to you, now go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Bring people to me. And when the fears and the doubts and the worries rise up, he gives you the promise. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So church, let's commit ourselves to the calling Jesus gave us and let's seek after the specific calling of God on your life. Not for our success, not for our name to be known, but for his glory. For his kingdom. This moment in Exodus 3 and 4, where Moses received a divine assignment, leads him into a long journey of leading the Israelites out of Egypt and towards the promised land. There were road bumps along the way, but God's faithfulness remained the entire time. And we'll get to take a look at some of those moments over these next couple weeks as we continue in our Exodus series. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today we are so thankful that you see us, that you've given us new life in Jesus. God, the forgiveness that you've given us is not something that we earned or something that we deserve, but it's something that you freely gave by sending Jesus to pay the price. So God, let us live in light of that fact. God, let us receive the calling that you've given us in each and every one of our lives. And God, let us go steadfastly towards the goal of reaching others and bringing them to know you. God, we trust you and we submit to you. You are God and we are not. So we put everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, at your feet. And we trust you to lead us, to guide us, to transform us. Thank you for the new life we have in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the RSCC podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you have any further questions or you just want to know more about what RSCC has going on, you can reach out through our email at info at rccfamily.org. We would love to see you in person soon. We have services that happen every Sunday at 830 and at 1045, and you're always welcome. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.